Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Welcome to I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, our midweek podcast. What is it like to try and transition from one sex to another? It's actually biologically impossible, but people try it. We're here with Dr. Jay Richards of the Heritage Foundation. Jay is a very interested and a leader on this topic of gender ideology, how to deal with it, not only morally, but also politically. Uh, Jay, the last podcast we did, we we covered a lot of ground, but we mm-hmm. didn't quite get to what can we do about it. Yeah. Before we get there, though, I want to ask you, you mentioned in your talk here at the Southern Evangelical Seminary Steadfast Conference that there's kind of four steps yeah. that people go through if they try and transition. What are That's those right. four steps and describe what happens? Absolutely. So it, it, this is the phrase gender-affirming care. So what that is, that's the covering term for a protocol, which is really a pathway of different interventions. And so under gender-affirming care, it's really gender-identity-affirming treatment is what it is. You start with social transition. So that basically means usually in schools and often behind parents' backs, the child's name is changed. So let's say a boy that identifies as a girl, give him a female name, uh, have ev- everyone uses female pronouns when referring to him. Uh, he goes, uses the women's restroom, all, the whole nine yards. Uh, then followed by, if the child's young enough, puberty blockers. And so these are these drugs that basically freeze uh, what would otherwise be kind of natural development uh, in, in puberty to sort of stop that. Because it's in puberty that our secondary sex characteristics really kind of come online. Certain things grow, women develop breasts, you know, your, your facial hair if you're male, your voice goes down, those kinds of things. That happens under the influence of either testosterone for males or basically estrogen for women. Um, and then, of course, women start to menstruate and all that stuff. Um, and so puberty blockers prevent that from happening. And then the cross-sex hormones uh, force the body uh, artificially to go down the other kind of pathway. So that if you're a, a male and you take high levels of estrogen, if you had your testosterone suppressed, you can start to grow things that look like breasts. Your, your body can start to change a little bit so that you look like a female. Um, if you're a female and you do this, of course, with testosterone, your voice will go down. You'll end up with an Adam's apple that you would have had otherwise. Uh, your body composition changes, musculature, facial hair, all those kinds of things. What, of course, you don't do is actually grow sex organs. That's not not possible. Um, But you get these kind of the superficial sex traits. And so then, uh, after a period of time, you do transition surgeries. And so think of this. These aren't sex change surgeries. They're sex trait modifications. And so Yeah, say that again. Yeah, sex trait modifications. So you're modifying the things that we would visually associate with one or the other sexes, right? So Bruce Jenner did this. So we could see it in real time. He had... Uh, you know, shave, shaved his Adam's apple down. And there are actually things you can do to the bones in your face with surgery. Um, you remove body parts. So if you're a male, you remove the, 
penis and testicles. Um, and then, so what do you do if you want to create a facsimile on the other side? Um, and now this is going to get a bit graphic, but of course, so for females, they get top surgery, which means the removal, total removal of their breasts. And it's not just a normal mastectomy that a woman might have if she had breast cancer because the male chest looks different. So you have to reconstruct what the chest looks like, put the nipples in a different spot. Um, and so it's a really, really invasive surgery. And then bottom surgery is where you go about doing this kind of same kind of things with the genitalia. So uh, with, with a female, let's just stick with the female. Um, in that case, a woman, of course, is going to have a vagina and doesn't have a penis. So what do you do? Well, your doctors will close up the vagina and then you create what's called a neophallus. So like a, it's a fake penis, effectively. Um, and there's a couple of different ways of doing this. You can use part of the colon, which is not a great way to do it, or the skin and the nerves and some of the muscle from the forearm. So you literally, or from the thigh. So you just, you take out a big chunk of skin and muscle and nerves and blood vessels from the arm or the thigh, and then you attach it to the abdomen of the, the girl um, and sort of form it so that it's like the shape of a penis. Now, it's not going to have the function of the penis. There's not going to be testicles, not going to be able to function, right, as a man. But the idea, see, is that you're kind of creating the kind of surface appearance of that. Now, I have described this in a very kind of generic terms. What we're talking about, though, is massively, massively invas invasive surgery that has all sorts of complications. Chloe Cole, for instance, the detransitioner, I think it's been three years now since she had, she had top surgery and then stopped there um, and detransitioned, but she has still not healed. So she's still struggling with her scars um, and complications. You can only imagine the complications if you're spending a lifetime taking cross-sex hormones, so hormones different from what your body wants effectively. We literally do not know the long-term effects of this because we don't know. We haven't done it. Give a child puberty blockers at 13, put her on testosterone at 14, at 16, cut off her breast, do all this other stuff. And then what happens 40 years out? We do not know because we're running an uncontrolled real-time experiment on children. Um, and I haven't even talked about all of the risk factors and physical problems that result from these hormonal interventions. What are some of the side effects? Well, and so um, for, for women, so for testosterone can increase uh, dangers from blood pressure, from stroke, uh, osteoporosis, heart disease, um, all the kinds of things that you would imagine. I mean, what's funny is that if, if there's ever been a time in culture when we are more acutely aware of the dangers of, say, um, artificial hormones in the water, you know, I've got friends, men that, you know, friends that won't touch receipts in grocery stores because they're afraid it's estrogenic. And yet, so we're kind of, in one sense, we're aware that there might be bad side effects to this, but then we're countenancing giving a teenage girl 200 milligrams of testosterone every day, what do you think is going to happen? There's no doubt in my mind that there are going to be uh, cancers uh, that would uh, otherwise um, not be a problem, uh, will be a severe problem. But the reality is at the moment, I mean, we just don't know. We'll know in 20 years. This is Frankenstein. Oh, absolutely it is. And it'll be obvious that it was Frankenstein in 10 or 15 years. It won't, we will not keep doing this. Well, they're already stopped in the UK to a certain right. extent because yep. those gender clinics have people like Chloe Cole, who wasn't there, but yeah. people like her over there Absolutely. who are now suing them yes. for what they've done. Yeah, It's it's horrific. And it people is. politically, there yes. are some people out there who think this is a good idea mm -hmm. and that children have the right to do this even without their parental consent. Absolutely. How, the kid can't get an aspirin. No, that's right. 
in school. But if she wants to yeah. take hormone blockers, she can do so? That's right. And it depends on what state you're in. Because, of course, now we're going to be it's this weird kind of patchwork federalism in which you're going to have states like California where a, a child protective services can take a child away from her parents. The parents don't affirm her new gender identity. And then other states, uh, thank the Lord, which have now put a stop to this. Uh, um, Tennessee about half is the states, one. Tennessee is right. one. In fact, they're basically about 23 states, almost half the states in the U.S. Now, this has just happened very recently, Absolutely. Right? We had okay. one in 2021, was Arkansas, Alabama in 2022. Uh, and then another 21 in 2023 have passed laws. And uh, so when this. you hear the left talking yeah. about all these anti-LGBTQ bills, yeah. this is what they're talking about. That This is what we're talking about. We're not, first of all, we're not talking about LGB at all. Right. That has nothing to do with this. And in fact, okay, little known fact, and people on the left that are opposed to gender ideology will tell you this, a lot of kids that are now interpreting their experience as being born in the wrong body or kids that have same-sex attraction. And so they'll say, okay, well, how do I interpret this? And so a lot of people say, you know, this might be a kid that just has same-sex attraction and so would maybe identify as gay, now suddenly gets, you know, set on a transition pathway. And so that's the kind of interesting thing about this story is that that LGBT coalition has very much broken down. If you think about it, the L, the G, and the B, so that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, those categories only make sense if there's sex, right. if there's sexual They binary. don't exist if the T's right. get their What's way. What's a lesbian if right. there's no women? What's a right? heterosexual? Yeah, what is this? Right. Yeah, it makes no sense. The T's deny the basic kind of coherence of the L's, the G's, and the B's, and a lot of the kids that are being transitioned are kids that have same-sex attraction. And so you can see that this is a very weird kind of coalition that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And your predecessor at the Heritage Foundation, Ryan T. Anderson, mm -hmm. did, it was during COVID, I remember this, he had a, uh, a meeting at the Heritage Foundation mm. Yeah, and they were he had feminists there absolutely who were coming Radical, out against radical feminists that <laughs> right. couldn't get a platform right yeah absolutely that that's a perfect example of how different this coalition is if you were thinking you know like I can tell you Republicans a year and a half ago thought oh no this is a redo of the same sex marriage debate and it's like no it's not it is not unpack uh, that uh, Jay yeah. because people can get discouraged out there but this yes. is one time in recent history where we have allies on an issue like this that we don't have in any other Absolutely. issue. So explain yeah. that. And if you just think about it, basically everything with the sexual revolution was kind of left versus right, effectively. And you had social conservatives on one side and kind of everybody else on the other. And that was true with same-sex marriage. Anybody involved in that debate? I, you know, it was Ryan and Catholics and, and Mormons and evangelicals and Orthodox Jews and everybody else on the other side. Um, this, though, I mean, basically, if you think biology is real, if you're a feminist that thinks women are a thing and are different from men, right, you're with us on this. And so that is the reality, is that all the kind of coherent social conservatives are part of the coalition, but so are the atheist evolutionary biologists and, and, and lesbians. There's an organization on Twitter called Gays Against Groomers, and they breathe fire on this stuff. And so I'm constantly encouraging you know, my fellow conservatives, look, this is really important. First of all, frankly, there aren't enough of us to win any kind of major fights on this stuff. We need as many people as we can get. And on this, they're on the side of the angels. Now, does that mean I've surrendered my convictions on marriage? No. And I've reserved the right to have a long conversation with our allies on that later. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't win this. And I think at the moment, because social conservatism has felt like this kind of long series of defeats with the exception of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, 
just showing that in fact, the crazy sexual left has gone way too far this time. They're going after kids' minds and bodies, and they're trying to split parents from their children. Um, and that we got to push back. And I really do think on the, the pediatric gender medicine stuff, we're going to win that in the sense that those pediatric gender clinics are going to close. Now, if they don't close by way of public policy solutions, they will close because of civil cases Lawsuits. in which detransitions detransitioners will sue them into oblivion. I'm convinced that will happen. There's no I absolutely am certain it'll happen. But for me, I, I don't want to say, okay, well let's just let we'll just wait until that happens. Our job, if we have the ability to do so, is to try to limit the damage insofar as we can. It'd be much better that okay, maybe it'll be a hundred or a thousand or ten thousand kids that are affected by this. That's better than a million. And so that I just think of it as okay, we're limiting the damage as much as we can as policymakers um, until they actually get sued into oblivion. And then the evidence is going to be overwhelming that this was a mistake. You mentioned the UK, so the UK has closed its one pediatric gender clinic. But the, not just the UK, Finland and Sweden are actually ahead of the UK on this. And now just this summer, Denmark have put the brakes on this stuff. And so, look, these are not conservative right-wing no, countries. All. They just looked at the data and did systematic reviews of the evidence. Now, first of all, what can we do politically first? And then yeah. we'll talk about what we can do personally on this issue. You're working hard through mm -hmm. the Heritage Foundation. You know, for those who don't know, a lot of people think, what, what do think tanks do all day? Well, actually, they're making policy, and sometimes their policies actually make it into law. Yeah. So what do you? What can you tell us that you're working on, Absolutely. Jay? We've been working on these these pediatric gender medicine bills. And in, the, in this case, it's a huge coalition of organizations. So the Family Policy Alliance, uh, which is a, the kind of umbrella organization of a lot of state family think tanks. It's really great model legislation called Help Not Harm. It was designed for states. And then another new organization called Do No Harm, the name sounds similar, has a similar piece of legislation called the Just Facts uh, Act. Both of these are grounded in the evidence and set up a way for states to limit that transition pathway. And so Heritage got behind those. We said, okay, this is good model legislation. This is what we're gonna support along with all of our allies. That's because there were so many allies working together. That is really the only way that this happened. It wouldn't have happened otherwise. Lobbyists, family organizations, parents showing up uh, at, at hearings in state houses. And so a lot of the important stuff that happens doesn't happen in Washington, DC. It happens in state capitals. It happens in school board elections and school board meetings. And the conservatives, we often just kind of think of Washington, DC. We have a federal system and the states can be a bulwark against the kind of overweening force of the federal government. And they've been that way here. So the, the, the conservative states, the red states have been a kind of harbinger of where I think the other states will eventually go. But at the moment, the blue states are going in exactly the opposite direction. And they will probably keep doing that until the Democrats suffer electoral defeat in a way that they associate with their connection to this issue. And then the smart, there are already, I'm sure, lots of smart Democrats that realize this is really dumb. This is not popular. But until they actually suffer uh, at the ballot box, I don't think the smart ones will be willing to say, okay, look, we got to quit listening to these crazy activists. So the 23 states have put restrictions on so-called gender-affirming care, yeah. which is really child mutilation. Yeah. Uh, 
as uh, what to age 18 i know tennessee was 26 yeah, that's right and so uh, our, our advice had been look f- let's focus on one thing at a time right. and so the left is really good at directional incremental change the right is not because we're in principle and right. so it's like we gotta have it all now. We gotta have it all now. Right, and right, so nobody right. can be born in the wrong body. And it's yeah, not like yeah. when you become 18, you can be born in the wrong body. Okay. All true. Yeah. Right. But saying that we're gonna restrict it at 18, I'm not saying it's good to do it at 25. I'm saying that first of all, it's different because right. 18 we recognize that kids can't consent to certain things. Right. And so it's one thing, it might be awful, but if you're 40 years old and you want to do this to yourself, that's bad. But it's not the same kind of existential moral crisis that it is for kids. And also we can, we've got a huge chunk of the population with us as long as we're focusing on the kids. When you start talking about what adults can and can't do, it's you know you're basically going to divide the coalition. Yeah, you and, might you might lose some libertarians. Exactly. Right. And so okay, why why yeah. do that? You know you right. got to be able to build a coalition, and so you want directionally to be able to get these things. So how right. many more states do you think uh, are? There are a few left, um, right. unfortunately, yeah. And so um, because of places like Wyoming, for instance, it just kind of fumbled. South Carolina, weirdly, it hasn't quite happened yet. Um, the, I'll say that the bill that passed in Georgia ended up being Didn't defanged. It there's, wasn't great. Yeah, there, there's yeah. no penalty. No, there's no penalty. I just talked to a senator it's down there. Utterly maddening. No, there's no penalty. Yeah. It's illegal to transition a child, but if you're a doctor and you no, do it, no teeth and they so puberty blockers wasn't in it and they have something like but for medical necessity provision in it which makes it basically worthless yeah and so that needs to be strengthened the utah bill which is the first bill this year is good but it could be stronger um that's fine though you know i say look directionally i was hoping for four in 2023 and so to have you know five times that or you know, is just it's extraordinary and i think this is the year of guadalcanal and midway island in the fight friends as we said many times on this program if you love your neighbor you want to make sure that evil is not done to your neighbor mm-hmm. and obviously if you if you haven't figured this out now it is evil to do this particularly to children mm-hmm. you need to get behind these kinds of efforts to ensure from a political perspective, that children are not abused this way. And uh, so what Jay is doing at the Heritage Foundation and what your state legislatures are doing, if you're in a red state, hopefully, mm-hmm. what your state legislatures are doing in a blue state, you, you want to contact them to contact them too and express how crazy it is to be for genital yeah. mutilation or cross-sex hormones for children. It can be done, and it's being done yeah. in the sense that we're we're we're, we're yeah. trying to stop this. We're pushing back and right. we're retaking territory. That's Good. where I, I, we're at that stage of the fight. What about personally, Jay? What what do you yeah. recommend our viewers and listeners do personally about this issue? What can the, they do? The first thing is to sort of understand it. It's just okay. like with apologetics, right? You got to right. know the argument, right? Um, but there's so many good books. Nancy Piercy's book, mm-hmm. uh, "Love Thy Body." Great book uh, called On the Genesis of Gender by Abigail Favalli, When Harry Became Sally by Ryan Anderson. I mean, there's really a dozen really great books on this. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is just kind of get what's happening so that you bone up on it. And then find out in your particular jurisdictions what's happening. What's happening, what I mean, well, certainly your family. That's the first (laughs) first thing. Um, Where are your kids? What are they getting exposed to? What are their teachers saying? Uh, what's your church saying? Uh, by the way, don't assume that that's safe. Um, and then what's happening in your school district? Because that's, I mean, we have overlooked the power of school districts, but there are hundreds of, there's 
unbelievable amounts of money that are controlled by local school districts that most conservatives don't even pay attention to. It's the school districts generally that control the curriculum and the guidelines that are happening in their schools. And so, I mean, this is, by the way, remember, it's why conservative parents are being called domestic terrorists is because they're starting to show up at school boards, right? And read from the books that are in the, in, in the li- on the library shelves. Um, and so focus on those things that are close at hand. And then focus on your state legislature. Um, that's absolutely crucial. Um, it, what happens to the federal government? Look, Heritage is a few hundred yards from the Capitol. We're focused on that. Um, but there is a bunch of stuff that you can do in, you know, in your family and in your neighborhood and your church and your community. Jay, in the previous podcast we had, and for those of you that haven't listened to that, you need to go back uh, to last week's podcast when we talked about this. You said something that is important for everyone to to take on board tactically when someone asks you a question you want to ask a question back that's right right so someone calls you a transphobe you want to say what do you mean by that yeah <laughs> right? absolutely don't say no i'm not yeah don't assume right. that they, they, they don't assume you even know what it means or that they even know what it means it seems to me on a personal level this is the way forward with anyone now yeah. to ask questions so absolutely. if uh, your young daughter comes to you and says mom dad i'm trans you mm-hmm. ought to, first of all, don't freak out. That's not going to work. No, it's not going to help. Right. But ask questions like, what do you mean by trans? Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, and, how, and why do you think you're trans? Yeah. And where did you, where did you hear this idea? Right. Yeah. Well, right. Do you think that makes sense? Um, just absolutely unpack it because I mean, kids are being bombarded in every direction with this stuff. Um, and honestly, shoring up the anchoring of your children in Reality is absolutely crucial. I mean, I have a, honestly a hypothesis here, Frank, that part of the problem, of course, kids are getting it from social media. Sure. But also, if you're online all the time, and I'm not a Luddite, right? I, I'm yeah, pro you're technology. Yeah. yeah. But if all you are is online and your interactions are online, it's a kind of a disembodied existence. Um, whereas kids, for most of history, you know, were working out in the fields and, you know, it might be kids cleaning out the barns and things like that dealing in dirt in their bodies. Um, and there, I think there's just something about the practice itself of a, uh, an entirely digital existence that lends itself to the idea that you could be an avatar that's separate from your body. Mm. And then that's really who you are. And so I just think that there's something about the practice itself that may be conducive to this error. Ask a lot of questions, ladies and gentlemen. Also, remember, as we said before, that our identity is in Christ. In Christianity, mm-hmm. you do not achieve your identity. You receive your identity. It's given to you freely because of his sacrifice. And that identity you can never lose. You can lose your uh, sexual preference identity, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you can yeah. lose that, yeah. right? You can you can no longer be able to sexually perform. You no mm-hmm. longer have an identity. You can no yeah. longer be sexually preferable. You no longer have an identity. No, those are not solid foundations on which to build an identity. What is solid is Jesus. You can't lose Jesus. So that's ultimately where all this heads. Yeah. That's the solution here. It Jay. is. It is. It's just the very idea of an identity. I mean, this is an opportunity for mm-hmm. us as Christians. Uh, because that's what I mean, that's really what people are asking is what, what does it mean to be a self? Are you really just this mere psychological entity free floating from your bodies which is weird because it's we're teaching people materialism right and right. yet they're believing that they're this disembodied thing and this is an, again another example of the kind of metaphysical schizophrenia that happens uh, when people don't have a proper anthropology because the reality is if you are 
fully spiritual and fully material, that's just what you actually are, then right, you're experiencing it directly. And so any kind of ideology that denies that, you're not ultimately going to be able to be consistent with that ideology. And so you're going to have these kind of weird, I call it metaphysical schizophrenia. And that's what's happening here. And so you're getting materialism in your biology class, but then you're getting weird Gnostic gender ideology everywhere else. Is <laughs> You're kind of confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be completely confused. It, 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 it. There's no limit to the contradictions of leftist no, ideology, Jay. No. It just it amazes me that yeah. people are actually sucked into it. But I think what you said earlier is really the key to this, that our compassion is weaponized against us. Yes. Because all these things are are given to us or advertised to us, Satan comes as an angel of light, as good things. This is about love. This is about equality. This is about equity. Absolutely. This is about justice. This is about rights. That's right. And, and we're about that kind we're of stuff. We're all about yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's always going to come to us yeah. is that we always imagine at sort of evil after the fact, right? So it's right. the Nazis now, right? Because <laughs> we're not Nazis and we're not being pressures, uh -huh. pressurized. But that's not ever how it is when you're on the inside, right? From the inside, it's something that appeals to what you think is good and true and beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's always going to be that. And that's the thing that we're not prepared for. It's like, well, I'll know when the Nazis come because they have the swastika. That, that's not how this is going to be. It's going to be framed in terms of, you know, do you love people or do you hate people? Right, yeah. And the love is going to be the thing they want you to do, and the hate is going to be the thing you should do. Mm -mm. You know? And as we said before, love does not require approval. In fact, no. many times you have to stand in the way of evil to love people. You don't just approve yeah. of what anyone wants to do. Every parent knows that. Absolutely. Last thing, Jay, is there any resource for, say, teenagers on this that you know of that could guide them in the right direction. I don't know Nancy Piercy's book yeah. is, is good, but it might be a little heady. Is there? There, there is. And so there's a, a, a couple of books by Aaron Brewer, E-R-I-N-B-R-E-W-E-R, -E -E that if you Google her name at Amazon, uh, written specifically for kids because she herself is a desister. She's an adult. She's a Gen Xer. Okay. Um, but she experienced this herself that sort of describes this okay. um, in a really strong kind of compassionate way. And so, but there haven't been that many things written for kids yet. The other side's been busy they, Yeah, writing. they've been writing all this. Yeah, they're, they've been doing it. We're just now kind Heather of Heather has two with, mommies all the yeah, way back from 30, 20, exactly. 30 years ago. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so we're just now kind of catching up, honestly. And so th that's the one resource that I'm thinking of just off the top of my head. Um, if, if say, Nancy's book, Love Thy Body, which is, yeah, it's a kind of a more intellectual treatment for a high school or college okay. age. All right, good. Well, friends, it's always great having Dr. Jay Richards on the program. Uh, in addition to what we've talked about here, you want to avail yourself of his other books like Money, Greed, and God, Invincible, Infiltration. Uh, infiltrated, yep. Oh, Infiltrated. Yep. That's it, Infiltrated. And there was, oh, Price of Panic. Yeah. The Price, price of, of Panic. Yes. In fact, I'm going to talk about that here at the SES conference right. this afternoon, the tyranny of experts, which in, in that case had to do with the, the COVID lockdown madness. Yeah. And that might be coming again as we get closer to an election. Mm, They're going yeah. to want to have another pandemic. Absolutely. So. So uh, people can vote as many times as they want to with these mail-in yeah. <laughs> mail ballots. Here it's, we go again. It's coming again. Yeah. Right, friends? Okay, yeah. if you're just listening to this, uh, just a couple of days before the 26th, remember I'll be at Auburn University on the 26th, and then the following week at the University of Cincinnati on November 2nd, and then we'll be with the Unshaken Conference in Nashville. I believe that's November 4th. And uh, we'll see you here next week, Lord willing. God bless.